everybody and welcome back to another episode of the green screen Pos- podcast i am your host ben black and i am joined um by uh hi my name is eli sailor haugland and i am a computer science major hi i'm anna schreiner and i am a double major in geography education and esg hello i'm corbin Goodermo and i'm majoring in communications hi i'm eliana sandrup and i'm majoring in political science Awesome. Well, we have a fantastic podcast for everybody today. Um, we will be going over education um, and how it relates to sustainability. So uh, to kick off, Eli, um, what are your thoughts on how people are introduced to sustainability within their early education? Great question. You know, I really think that uh, since sustainability is such a new topic, um and so, uh, since sustainability is such a new topic, I like to think about it as something revolutionary, mm-hmm. something that people have to get used to. And, um, you know, when we talk about, when we talk about um, education, it's not really yet integrated into all public education, nor is it integrated so much into um, college education. Although mm-hmm. I do realize that at UMD specifically, there are sustainable sustainability requirements. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's, again, extremely hard to get those new ideas into public education, especially when you know, you're learning about the environment, recycling, trash, mm-hmm. um, just incorporating that idea of uh, what is this other part of life. Mm-hmm. I think that is very hard. That's something we need to overcome. Yet, I don't, um, it's hard to recognize those barriers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and then I guess this question is more for everybody, but when is the first time in your education that you really heard anything about sustainability or got involved really in depth uh, with sustainability as a, as a topic? I'll start. Um, so I came from a small town, and honestly, we didn't talk about sustainability whatsoever in school. I don't remember a thing I heard about sustainability. Um, what we would say is I learned about sustainability from home, actually. Um, My dad's someone who's always been pretty sustainable and always, you know, made sure you're doing stuff at home. And I probably learned from, my brother was in Boy Scouts and they did a paper drive every single year. And so I just always asked, like, why are we, like, collecting all our paper every single year, you know? Why do we have this huge pile of paper in our house? And it's because, you know, we'd go every year, we would go and drop it off and recycle it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's kind of where I started to learn about sustainability. And, yeah, unfortunately, I didn't learn because I did go to public school, so I didn't learn about it but much um, until I got older in my education. Mm-hmm. I'll go next. I think for me, uh, sustainability wasn't really sustainability for me because mm-hmm. I wasn't introduced to it. But in high school, there were there were some initiatives from the um, cafeteria food 
uh, hall where workers would be like, if you're not gonna eat your fruits and vegetables, leave it there and we'll re reuse it. Um, mm. And I really got introduced to the idea of sustainability at UMD, and I I, I want to reemphasize that idea that at this time and age we learn about sustainability on a collegiate level when we were supposed to learn it at a public education level. <laughs> yeah, I'd say fortunate for, fortunately for me, I'd say I got introduced to sustainability pretty young. I'd say probably very early elementary school, mm -hmm. but it wasn't quite labeled as sustainability. I remember um, in, I think, either kindergarten or first grade, we um, there was a project at my school to build an outdoor classroom, which used all, um, all repurposed wood to make, um, I guess, like tables and benches, kind of like picnic tables, and then a gazebo type thing. And it was used for kind of like a two, three season <coughs> outdoor classroom. Mm -hmm. But again, it wasn't exactly labeled as sustainability. And they kind of really never described it to us as that. It was more just, hey, this is something that like you can think about, but we're not really going to describe it to you. We're not really mm -hmm. going to tell you why. Mm -hmm. And so I'd say, thankfully, that was something that I was introduced to. So it was kind of like in the back of my mind. But I'd say sustainability wasn't really ingrained into my education until like very late high school and that was because I I like went out and I sought clubs and I sought different like education opportunities where I could learn more about it mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. yeah I definitely think it's something that could be taught way way younger because I think even like again like early elementary school like being able to tell kids like hey like not only can you recycle but you can also like reuse stuff like that is being sustainable. You can, you know, mm -hmm. reuse pop cans, you can use wood and make a bunch of different cool little things. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, for me, I grew up in kind of a bigger town. And I remember second grade is when I had my first memory of like sustainability and climate change. It was Earth Day and we were picking up all the trash on the playground and stuff like that. Um, and then as I got older, I just heard more and more about it, um, which I'm thankful for that I was so informed. Mm -hmm. I guess I was really fortunate in uh, that regard. So my elementary school, we had a garden that was run by students, and they would go in and every, you know, in the summer, uh, whenever there was summer school, we would actually use all of our garden products in the cafeteria to feed the students. Um, and that kind of continued through middle school. I know I had a teacher that was really, really big into um, composting. So in all of the science classrooms, there was a compost bin for us to be exposed to where we would go, and if we had to throw away our papers, we always threw it in those compost bins. Um, and then he took it out and used all that compost in his garden every single day um, and then displayed how you could compost um, in the classroom, which was a really big eye-opener to me. And then once we moved towards high school, we had something called a uh, senior exit project at my high school. So a lot of seniors did sustainability topics uh, there. So I've been kind of exposed to it my entire life. Yeah. And then after, after high school, um, within college, I've had a couple of internships that have really opened my eyes to, um, you know, even more sustainability things. Not just the normal, typical nature sustainability <coughs> topics, but 
more of the, you know, how do we make buildings more efficient? Because buildings are a huge waste of energy in our society. How do we reuse water? Because treating water is really, really expensive. All the chemicals that go into it are really, really um, energy intensive to produce. So to produce, you know, your average bleaches and um, chemicals that go into water purification, even those processes are really detrimental to our environment. So, um, you know, how do we reuse the water that we're using? How do we treat it on site instead of having to send it back, you know, a couple of miles to a water treatment facility? Even that, you know, we need pumps, which take a lot of energy. So just, just thinking about those, you know, shifting from more of a nature topic to an industrial topic, that's something that I didn't even learn about until I went into the industrial yeah. world um, and started started looking at that. I just have a, if I may, present a question. Yeah. Um, and it kind of bounces off your response. You know, mm -hmm. you you've described a lot of the complexity of sustainability, and mm -hmm. in fact, sustainability is complex. Mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons it's comple complex is because, um, of, again, it's newness to it. People mm -hmm. are discovering what it is. Mm -hmm. And so, when I think of, you know, trash, recycling, those are key concepts that we know um, nowadays nowadays to be like oh this is it but with sustainability it's so complex that i think there's there can be challenges to teaching it at a young age mm -hmm. how might we as a society overcome that should we introduce it now as this complex um ideal or shall we um shall we wait and discover a more concrete definition mm -hmm. of sustainability than go out to public schools and teach it because mm -hmm. I see the advantages and disadvantages of both. Mm -hmm. I'll let Anna take a shot yeah. that one so, first. Um, <laughs> coming from an educator's point of view, just me being in and around classrooms and parents having teachers and knowing a lot about the education fields, I do know that sustainability is something very hard to teach because you can't show the effects. You can't show the impacts it has like immediately. You know, mm -hmm. With a math problem, you can get to the problem and there it is, you find the final answer. But sustainability, you really can't show that. You know, And mm -hmm. I just think it's something we need to work better on is, I mean, I'm not really sure how we do it right now, but just working on making sure we show that because sustainability is very new and it's also very like ever-changing. So mm -hmm. it's just working on making sure like even though we can't like show like final products that we're showing like this could be the final product make sure that people know like this is like the possibility you know and mm -hmm. that's kind of what sustainability is not like it's a guessing game but you know you try to do your best and hope for hope for a good outcome mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think one of the best ways to do it is honestly like you said um it you can't really simplify sustainability as a whole into a mathematical formula but you can um, find commonalities between all sustainable elements of life. So um, from compost, you know, how much does it decay? How much carbon does it put into the air? Um, we've created something called carbon equivalencies um, as a scientific community that we have found out the global warming potential of individual molecules like refrigerants, like uh, methane gas, and of course all the other carbon monoxides and all that. And what we do is we take those um, gas equivalents and compare them to carbon. So we say if one ton of carbon was released in the air and one ton of methane was released in the air, um, 
methane is 24 times worse for the atmosphere than carbon yep. is. So we can start to kind of break it down into this mathematical formula and based on the amount of like carbon that you potentially could put into the air with the amount of energy that we are producing, you know, we burn coal to produce energy. Well, the coal that's burned has a carbon equivalency per ton. Huh. So we can start breaking these things down into a mathematical formula and I think personally we could start teaching in, you know, middle school and high school classrooms carbon equivalencies and we could start breaking it down to really simple math problems just to get people exposed. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, yep. Because again, you know, refrigerants that we use in your refrigerator, um, your air conditioning systems, those have carbon equivalencies. The, when you break down food, usually that's converted to methane or um, nitrous gases. So we have carbon equivalencies available for those. And I think the really big push now is to teach those carbon equivalencies in a classroom and really it's, it's a simple multiplication and additional problem. So I think that college or high school and middle school people have the tools to be able to do it. They're just not exposed at the moment mm -hmm. to yeah. the topic of sustainability. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. Because like as like a new teacher, someone is coming just into the, <clears throat> and like knowing how, like how my parents have taught, like, you know, there wasn't much sustainability going on. You know, they mm -hmm. don't really talk about sustainability. Even like my all my other classes and the teachers I've talked to that I've had, you know, like it's said, like it's something very new and like, you know, just as it was our generation, like me and like the future generation teachers, like we will probably most likely and hopefully start money putting more sustainable practices into our teaching. You know, even mm -hmm. if it's just like you said about the composting thing in your classroom, that is so cool. Um, I will probably <laughs> possibly do that in my classroom. Steal it. That's a really good idea. But yeah, just those reminding kids, like, let's recycle, you know, and just like, yep. like yep. little practices you can teach students in a classroom, I think is super important. Like recycling, like reusing, you know, mm -hmm. making sure like you use that pencil till it's done, you know, yep. use that, you know, mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. I think small like practices is really important. Yeah. Well, I think in, you know, countries like the EU who are usually pictured as super sustainable, I think that's just incorporated in their daily yes. life, right? I mean, they've got their parents telling kids, you know, slapping them on the wrist if you don't throw your bottle or your um, can into the right bin, mm -hmm. you know? It's just kind of one of those things that we as Americans don't have incorporated into their daily yes. life yet, and Definitely. that's what we're working forward. Mm -hmm. I, I, f I feel like that you bring up a really good point about the EU and I feel like um, I feel like I've taken an approach to K through 12 schools mm -hmm. but I really also think that we need to also focus on adult education mm -hmm. you know how do we introduce these simple concepts in a work environment so that people at home can teach their children about it because um you know you are the environment that you go up in mm -hmm. and so if you go up in a, a very sustainable environment mm -hmm. that's just going to lead off a great effect um in the benefit of mm -hmm. sustainability and so and mm -hmm. yeah. I guess how do you propose that we start to do that as a as a culture even as on a, on the college campus you know <laughs> Um, as students, how do we start mm -hmm. to work towards that sustainable living aspect so that our kids grow up in that sustainable environment? Um, <laughs> that's a really good question. <laughs> uh, it's a really complicated question mm -hmm. because I know especially at, the, at UMD we're trying to implement sustainability within just our campus. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of barriers to 
And of course, this happens on all aspects of society. I think there's a lot of barriers to um, that are caused by how things are structured now. Mm -hmm. That's always been the case for new topics. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that our best effort is to, I don't know, maybe seek out the benefits trying to explain the benefits of sustainability. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, by, by creating new opportunities that we view as the benefit, mm -hmm. um, others will view as destructive towards what our society um, thinks of now. And that, mm -hmm. that is going to be a very, very hard battle to fight. As as someone whose love love is in politics, I know that for every benefit <laughs> you have, someone else will hate it. Mm -hmm. So I think that just incorporating sustainability in our lives is going to take an intellectual fight mm -hmm. against two sides that I'm not saying neither one is right or wrong, mm -hmm. but they have their own benefits to their own side. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think going back to what you were kind of talking about with the adult population, and I just think that one thing that kind of just turns, you know, kind of adults away from it is they think sustainability is just expensive. It's totally expensive, mm -hmm. but there are some things that you can do. There's actually a lot of things you can do that are completely free. Don't cost you any money. Actually can save you money. You know, mm -hmm. one thing that I did in my apartment that my roommates didn't know about was just simply unplugging the toaster. You know, every mm -hmm. time that's plugged in, that's draining energy. And it's not a whole lot, but it is, you know, and just making sure you can do like, and there's so many little things like just turning mm -hmm. the lights off. You know, that's something so simple, but a lot of people don't even think about it. You know, you'd be surprised. Yeah. And yeah, like turning the heat on and off and just stuff like that. Like it's little things that can actually save you money and, you know, help be help you be sustainable on this mm -hmm. at the same exact time. Well, I always think back, I had a coworker that had told me, you know, oh, what's what's one bottle, you know? What's throwing away one plastic bottle, but thought four million people, right? So yeah. <laughs> Right. Mm -hmm. So so that's one of those, you know, every time we, we do throw something away or we do do something that is, I guess, unsustainable, being conscious of that. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess I, I'll open this up to um, anybody, but how do we how do we start creating that conscious within, you know, just the college campus, within um, the adult life? How do we start creating that, that conscious that every little thing we do contributes to this overall sustainable world? And then how do we make sure that is, you know, quote-unquote enforced um, yeah. so that people are being... I think something, and we, this was brought up in the last episode, but I think putting it into perspective for people is something that really is beneficial and will really, like, bring a whole lot of people um, to do stuff, you know, without... To do things and not think, oh, what's, you know, like your example, like, oh, what's one bottle? Mm -hmm. Like, I know, like, hands-on stuff is really important, especially with, I guess, kind of kind of going back to, like, the, um, you know, early early elementary, younger children learning about sustainability and how it's hard mm -hmm. to bring up how complex it is, especially with industrial sustainability. Mm -hmm. But when you're looking at it, like, basic, I think hands-on is really important. I think, I know um, my younger sister, who's a, he's about four or five years younger than me, I know, um, thankfully, her 
when she um, ended up going into middle school and learning um, family consumer science, mm -hmm. they were able to um, kind of initiative that we wanted to do, um, but like they in the or in the fall, in the spring, whatever they ended up. I don't I don't remember this whole like exact um, time limit of it, but at mm -hmm. some point they planted their own plants and they let them you know grow and stuff. And they eventually were able to harvest all the plants that they planted, and they ended up making a meal that they were able to share um, with their parents at the end of the year, which I thought was a really, really great idea because a whole lot of kids, especially in, um, you know, more urban spaces, don't really get to understand how important it is to, you know, grow your own food and how it mm -hmm. can really make a huge impact. Um, so I guess... Bringing that all back in, I think hands-on is probably, like, the most efficient way to teach people how important it is and how their one contribution can really make the difference. Mm -hmm. So. I, I hate to play the devil's advocate to you, but I think the this issue dealing with uh, your question, what's one bottle... I think that in itself is an ethical issue. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to look okay. at the ethical stance in this. And I, I'm deriving this directly from a textbook I read. I believe it was last semester. Mm -hmm. They were talking about the environment. And they were talking about, oh, what is it to do, like, one, one ride around... One free ride, you know. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, going in a car, just driving out for free, taking a, the detour, just yep. to look at this sightseeing. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that one painless drive doesn't do much to the environment. But it, when you look at it from a broader perspective, if everyone's like, oh, I want to go for a Sunday drive. It becomes um, worse for the environment because there's more emissions coming out. Um, and so I think it's the issue of what one bottle is based on ethical perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, on one stance, I could be like, hey, um, I don't want to throw away a bottle because... Or, or I... Plastic bottles are bad. I'm going to use a water bottle. Mm -hmm. That has the, the perspective of you're doing something good. Mm -hmm. But there is another perspective like it's not going to be that much. Yep. You know, and com um, comparing it to a political standpoint, mm -hmm. what's one vote going to do? Right, and it's the comp compilation of that, that mentality that, you know, my vote might only be a splash in the bucket, but if we have 50 million votes and I'm one of those votes, um, you know, I, I go to further cause. And if those 50 million people didn't vote, yeah, right, that, that's 50 million people that never get their voices yeah. heard, that and, never blah, blah, blah. So it's just compounding that issue, you know, everybody's got to have that individual stance that I'm going to go out and do that, I'm going to go out and be more yeah. sustainable. And is the cost... Is the, is the cost of this item, wh whether it's using a water bottle and going out to vote, is the cost worth it for that particular individual? Yes, because <laughs> if, everyone, 
if everyone had the same idea that you're having right now, my vote doesn't matter, my using a reusable water bottle doesn't matter, mm -hmm. then we're just all going to not vote and not get our voice heard. Mm -hmm. um, exactly what Ben was saying. Um, yeah. Well, and I think one of the things, too, to, to kind of go along with that, and I, I kind of want to bounce off the cost idea, is I think people are starting to realize how detrimental the cost of even things like solar panels and batteries are. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the things that the political organization our government has done <laughs> um, is they actually provide a lot of incentives that I think are just not heard of um, right now. Right now we have a law in the US that if you install a solar panel array before the year 2022 you get a bonus depreciation on the solar panel and a lot of people don't know what depreciation means um, but every time you drive your car off a lot your car depreciates right and it's the same thing with a solar panel every year that you have a solar panel in operation your solar panel is depreciating but because it's something that you aren't directly using the government actually gives you a refund for any money that your solar panel depreciates. So say you order order a $30,000 solar panel array. The first year, you will get 50% of that solar panel array back into your wallet as a tax incentive. So you could pay 30000 for your solar panel, but at the end of the first year, you're getting 15000 back from the government. Yeah. And the next year, you're getting a little bit more. And the next year, you're getting a little bit more. And that's an incentive that the government offers for commercial businesses. I'm not sure if it's a personal thing that they do, but I know they do personalized low-interest loans for sustainable things. Um, they do a lot of... There's a lot of programs out there that the government has that I just think people aren't aware of. And because of that, you know there's a lot of sustainable measures that aren't taken just because people aren't aware of those government programs. Yeah, I do want to bounce off of what Eliana yep. has been saying about people should realize that the cost of their changing is um, significant. Mm -hmm. But I think that there's a bigger cost that I should specify more often. There's the cost of pursuing that action, whether it's uh, not driving, uh, um, voting, or using a reusable water bottle. Mm -hmm. But again, I have to circle back to this idea of ideology. Mm -hmm. You're changing your you're changing perspective on your life. Mm -hmm. I think that that is extremely hard for many people to do, even in this political climate where everything is, um, people have such strong ideologies that don't want to be changed. Eli, I'm going to stop you. Yeah, sorry um, about that. So... I'm just thinking maybe Anna, 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 Anna. it's okay, <laughs> and Corbin yeah. can share their opinion on yep. this. They've been a little quiet so far. Oh gosh, I think. I was thinking, but now I, I don't know. Thing. I'm just like, little just brain blurp here, but like, yeah. I don't know. This is like, just bringing it, just bringing it way back to my original thing. I just think like really, like, like hands, I think hands-on is so important because it really just like, I don't know, for me... Mm -hmm. And this is, like, in general in my life, just having that hands-on and just, like, making an impact in my personal life, it really is, like, ugh, I'm trying to think of an example here, but, like, yeah, it, it, 
It like, gets you used to it, doing it every habits. day. Exactly. And yep. then it, it into routine, yep. Yeah. And then, like, you know, you do, you do the one thing once, it really just, like, sticks with you, and then you do the little small things over and over your life. And it's like, it's kind of what Brayden said, it's like almost like the instant gratification, because you do it once, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, that felt really awesome to be able to, like, say that I did this, like, yep. big thing, I did it by myself, and, mm-hmm. you know, you keep sprinkling that out, and like, throughout your life, and you can pass it on to so many other people, and I know... Like, maybe not other people will catch on, but I think, um, you know, as time goes on, and even, like, this kind of goes into what we were talking about with, you know, the adults. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe not now, we won't, we might not be able to change the entire adult population to be, um, you know, consciously thinking about sustainability, but us as young adults, we can really, like, ingrain that in um, our own lives and be able to pass that along just so it's something that we're all always thinking about at least in the back of our heads and I know that's an extraordinary goal to achieve but I think it's something that we could do. Also um, kids are super influenced just by everything we do um, oh, yeah. so making it a routine in them they honestly don't even have to think about it anymore um, like as a teacher practicing those every day they're at school most of the Mm -hmm. time Uh, Mm -hmm. so yeah just implementing Mm -hmm. it into their daily lives so they don't even have to think about it when they are adults Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, I think it's also just important just to talk about it so obviously like you know all of us we got together and we're just talking about sustainability but a lot of people feel turned away and just don't want to talk about sustainability Mm -hmm. it doesn't come up in their casual conversations you know and for me with my roommates like they're definitely more aware of it now. Like, they, you know, they actually sit there and they listen to me talk about it because, (laughs) you know, because I do talk about it. I say, hey, guys, like, you know, this can save us some money. Let's just, you know, unplug the toaster after we use it, you know? Yeah, it's literally just stuff like this. Mm -hmm. It's just getting... Just bring it up. It doesn't be like, you don't have to go on a full ranch or anything. You can just say, hey, like, why don't you do this? Like, it can help you. It can help the environment. You know, just being sure you start that conversation. It doesn't Mm -hmm. be a long conversation. Just mention it. Get out there. Get them, like, their brain thinks about it. So maybe, like... Next time they see it, they're like, oh, yeah, oh, Anna said something about this, you know? Maybe you should try that again. And then they just, you know, it's really getting yeah. to talk about and it. And then it's, it's really more important. likely for them to pass it on mm-hmm. to yeah. their friends. Just and their friends will pass it on. domino effect, yeah. Exactly. And, like, again, it's just the small things that, you know, you could really, like, you start thinking about the small things and then you see something else. You're like, oh, well, I've been doing this for so long. Like, I could totally do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that a... I, uh, And maybe this is a little more complex to do, but I think that a lot of things that can help us implement that sustainable aspect in our life is, yes, education about it, but also creating sustainable products. I Mm -hmm. think that um, that can have a major impact in our lives. I know that uh, many companies are switching to uh, sustainable projects. Um, mm-hmm. I believe uh, companies like Apple are trying to be, mm-hmm. what is it, carbon neutral? Yeah, so is there's, that, there's yeah. companies like Apple has made that commitment. I know Microsoft has made that commitment. Yep. I used to work at a company called Train Technologies. They're an HVAC company, um, and they've made that commitment. Um, so I think that, that too, like, like you're saying, 
yes, we have to change these complex systems, but I think that there are a lot of really big forces like Apple, like Microsoft, like Train Technologies that are actually pushing to get these small instances changed. And as a gigantic organization that covers a lot of, I mean, everybody's heard about Microsoft, everybody's heard about Apple, mm -hmm. right? There's not a person that you go by that doesn't have some <laughs> Apple phone or, or Microsoft phone, right? So, so it's, it's taking these companies that have these initiatives and being, they're sharing those initiatives with the world. And I think that's, that's kind of why sustainability is coming into focus right now is because we've got a society that, you know, like it or not, I mean, we're focused on being more sustainable, using less fossil fuels in any way possible. And for some people, like in urban areas, that might look like updating your HVAC system, unplugging your toasters, right, doing the small things. For people in more of a rural area, that might look, look like layered farming that might look like installing a wind turbine on your property i mean that those are things that you know i think because the big tech industry and because um there's large job providers that are really focused on sustainability i think that's actually getting seeded um mm -hmm. to a lot of adults and those adults are taking their sustainability knowledge back to their children so I mean, that makes me a little hopeful mm -hmm. um, for the future, and it makes me hopeful that we actually are making a, a big change. Mm -hmm. It's because the big people at the top have, have started a change, and a lot of people are following in their example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome. Um, well, I guess that's, that's all I really wanted to um, cover today. Thank you for all the listeners for tuning in and sticking with us until this topic, and thank you again to our lovely um, board. A special thanks to our guests, Eli and Eliana, uh, for making it today and sharing their opinion. We will have an update for you next week on Friday on another podcast issue. And we're just going to go and, and talk about, I guess, the same things that we're talking about today. So stay tuned for that. And thank you all for tuning in. And we will see you next week, Friday, for another episode of the Green Screen Podcast. Bye. <laughs>